As a business owner, your nightmares might sound like this. But advertising on Cats Digital can turn your nightmares into this. Hi, how can I help you? I'll be right with you. You see, Cats Digital is the only true audio anywhere advertising. You'll be talking directly to your customers on any device, any place, and any time while they're listening to music, talk shows, and podcasts. Now that's a great dream. Wake up your business at katzdigital.com. The information contained within the following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. All opinion, views, statements, and cuss words are those of the panelist and do not represent any businesses, nonprofit organizations, deities, demigods, or government institutions. Listener discretion is very much advised. Hey everybody, it's Wednesday and the Utah Outcasts have returned with this week's features episode where we're going to bring you the usual uncensored, liberal, and unabashedly atheist leftist content with our decidedly living in Utah honed skills of skepticism. Uh, I'm your host X and uh, it's just me. So anyway, this is the episode each week where we decide to bring you some of the less time sensitive kind of stuff that you guys have out there Um, and a special segment we're going to get to here in a second, but... Um, that's right. We got you ought to know, and we're going to go move into that right fucking now. We're at the very beginning stages of a very brutal and bloody conflict of which if the people in this room and the people in the church do not bind together and really form what I feel is an aspect of the church militant to really be able to not just stand with our beliefs, but to fight for our beliefs against this new barbarity that's starting, uh, that we will literally eradicate Everything that we've been bequeathed over the last uh, 2,000 to 2,500 years. I'm not sure how much time I could pad talking about this fucking crazy man. I mean, I'm sure I can bring up a lot of stuff that you really ought to know about Steve Bannon and he's why he's so dangerous to the White House, the presidency, to America. You fucking name it. His ex-wives, three of them, in fact. So prior to assuming position at the White House, Steve Bannon... Um, was a was the chief executive officer. He ran Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. Uh, before his political career, though, he was an executive chair of Breitbart News. This is all stuff everybody knows. We're we're gonna get to the salacious stuff here in a little bit. Uh, this is just cobbled together from a couple of reports that I found, Wikipedia, a bunch of other pretty much non-biased websites that put out stuff about this guy. Um, Bannon was a naval officer. He only served about six or seven years. He retired as an 03. For anybody that knows what that means, that means that he did the bare fucking minimum. You know, uh, he was a banker. He was a radio host. The, the bank that he worked for was Goldman Sachs, of course. Uh, probably right-wing radio host. He was a research director. He was a film producer and a media executive. He was a... Yeah, he was in the Navy for uh, seven years in the early early 80s, late 70s, and he served on a destroyer, the USS Paul Foster, and he also worked at the Pentagon. Uh, after he got done doing that, he worked for Goldman Sachs, like I said, and when he left the company, he held the position of a vice president. In 93, he was made acting director of Earth Science Research at Project Biosphere 2. Kind of, kind of did some liberal stuff before he made this hard right turn into the 
the craziness that he's in right now. He was a, an executive producer in the Hollywood and film and media industries, and uh, he produced 18 films since 1991. Uh, one was The Indian Runner, and the the one that failed the hardest, and probably what probably began his descent into madness, was the fact that he was the producer for Titus. You know, Titus Andronicus, the, the, the Anthony Hopkins failed fucking movie. I looked at it and had a budget of about $25 million and it, it raked in about two, which is bad. Really bad, yo. Uh, he graduated from Virginia Tech in 76 with a bachelor's degree in urban planning, and he has a master's degree in national security studies from Georgetown. Of, I mean, smart dude. In 85, he got a master of business administration degree with honors from Harvard Business School. So I, I bring that up only because there's a lot of people that are just saying that he's crazy. No, he's super fucking smart. Um, Bannon is the current White House chief strategist. It's a made-up position. Yeah, there's no history of this being a thing in the White House until he got it. And the the worst part about that is that he has a fixed position now on the National Security Council when we used to have generals and, you know, people that actually belonged on that panel, on that council, I should say. But now we have Steve Bannon as one of the guys there. So what really is worrisome about Steve Bannon to me is that he has bought Lock, Stock, and Barrel. And I talked about it on a news segment uh, last week. Oh, not last week. Last episode. In the article, we were talking about the POTUS shield people where they're talking about the Great Awakening kind of thing. And that's what we're going with on this one because he also believes this kind of thing. He believes in a theory about America's future laid out in a book called, quote, The Fourth Turning, What Cycles of History Tells Us About America's Next Rendezvous with Destiny. This book was written by authors William Strauss and Neil Howe, and it theorizes that the history of the people of people moves in 80 to 100 year cycles called secula. The idea goes back to the ancient Greeks who believed that at any given seculum's end, there would come a um, ekabrosis, a, a cataclysmic event that destroys the, or, the old order and brings in a new one in a trial of fire. The era of change is known, this area, era of change is known as the fourth turning, the one that we're living in right now. And Bannon, like Strauss and Howe, believes that we are in the midst of one right fucking now. According to this book, the last two of the fourth turnings that happened in America's uh, experience were during the Civil War and the Reconstruction, and then the Great Depression and World War II. Before that, it was all the Revolutionary War. It all starts with a catalyst event, then there's a period of regeneracy, and then there's a defining climax in which a war for the old order is fought, and then finally there's a resolution in which a new world order is stabilized. So... I don't know about you guys, but I'm longing for the days of neocons. I mean, it sucked under Bush, but at least he didn't have these god-awful ways of believing things where he thinks that we have to prod for a war because that's what's going to bring the, the fire that refines us as a person. It's terrible. Uh, so Bannon's obsession with his book should really cause everybody a bunch of concern. He believes that for the new world order to rise, there must be a massive reckoning. He encourages breaking down political and economic alliances, as we've seen with Merkel visiting this week and 
Australia and the UK and just about every one of our longtime allies is now lo- looking at us with shifty eyes like, what the fuck are they doing down there? But he's just an agent of chaos. And he said so in many, many cases. He's brought that up where he's assigning people that Trump is putting into political power for them to destroy the organizations that they're doing. So Steve Bannon has a gift for thinking systematically. He would, as I mean, it's often brought up by his opponents. They, they need him not as just a hate object, but a heuristic too. Sorry, I forgot how to pronounce that word for a second. Uh, there may, may never ever be a real Trumpism when it comes to how we remember this presidency because Trump is just a puppet. He really is. Unless you want to talk about his Mar-a-Lago vacations or anything else in between. So what we're going to have to start calling all the things that are coming out, all this policy, all the destroy the, let's not feed the the hungry people, let's fuck the poor, let's kill the poor. I'm going to play some dead Kennedys maybe at the end of this. We have to call them Bannonisms, and that's a fucking mouthful. So let's not forget that, like I said, Bannon is a smart guy. In business school, a classmate described him to the Boston Globe as top three in intellectual horsepower in our class, perhaps the smartest. Uh, the Institute for Human Dignity. Uh, there's a guy that's there called Benjamin Harnwell, which is a, a Catholic organization in Rome. Wow, gee, what a big fucking surprise there. Called him a walking bibliography. I'm that way with useless information. I honestly am. Because uh, maybe it's because Bannon came to conservatism late, turning his full-time energy to political matters only after the September 11th attack. Uh, He radiates an excitement about it that most of his conservative contemporaries lost a long time ago. And it's obvious because right-wing media has, has not learned how to keep up with Trump right now. I mean, we have some people wagging the dog. We have, uh, we have Hannity, of course, wagging the dog. We have Alex Jones doing the same goddamn thing. Um, so Bannon's contribution so far to President Trump that if you want to see where he's coming through and shining through is during his inaugural address. Um, he, and like I said, he, he acquired a seat on the National Security Council, and he absolutely hates the Muslim Brotherhood. Because as a screenwriter and talk radio host, he talked about them quite a bit. Um, many accounts of Bannon, they have him painted as a cartoon villain or an internet troll come to life. And I, I for one, am one of those people that tries to push that thing. Uh, they see him as a bigot, an anti-Semite, a misogynist, and a crypto-fascist. Yes, guilty on all those charges. I, I, I agree completely with this article that I'm reading you guys right here. Uh, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, uh, Democrat called him a white nationalist. Yep, again, that's right here. While he certainly is a hardline conservative of some kind, of some kind, of the worst kind, the evidence that he's an extremist of a more troubling sort has generally been either massaged, misread, or hyped up. So I got this from a somewhat nice to Bannon article. And I I hate it when people normalize fucking idiots like this. And yes, he's a, he's a fucking idiot. He might be smart and book learning and stuff like that, but he does not know how to run the country. So, Mr. Bannon is not a fringe character. He 
God, he he had panels during the during CPAC, I think, in 2013 and 2014. And he hosted rival panel discussions called The Uninvited. And it did show a relish for the role of ideological bad boy. You know, that's probably the, the role they wanted to have Milo fill this year. Uh, Mr. Bannon's panels included such mainstream figures as Newt Gingrich. Mainstream. Newt Gingrich is mainstream at CPAC. The fuck? <laughs> and Paul M- Michael Mukasey as well. Uh, and discussed familiar Republican preoccupations with military preparedness and the 2012 attacks on the United States mission in Benghazi. It wasn't much different from watching Vox News, as this article states here. So that's what CPAC seems to be. It's like watching Fox News live where you get to see all your wonderful white stars. Just great. So Bannon does veer sharply from the most mainstream Republican thinking uh, because he has like these all embracing nationalistic kind of ways of thinking. He speaks of sovereignty, which most alt-right people talk about a lot. Economic nationalism, you know, buy American, live American, whatever the fuck Trump is saying right now. Uh, Buy American, hire American. And they don't. (laughs) Uh, He has a supreme opposition to globalization. So Alex Jones is right up his fucking back alley here. Uh, Finding a common ground with Brexit supporters, you know, ignorant people, and other groups hostile to the transnational European Union, which EU... I think it's a good organization. There might be people that disagree with me there, but I I agree. I like multinationalism. I like multiculturalism. Oh, Jesus. So what else does this guy want to talk about? Um, at, at the CPAC, where this article came from, he described the center core of the Trump administration philosophy as the belief that the United States is more than an economic unit in a borderless world. It's a nation, a quote, nation with culture and a quote, reason for being. So you have these people that, you know, are taking American exceptionalism and tattooing it across their chest now. You know, America is a culture and it is, but these are the same folk that also believe that white is a culture. The, the same alt-right douchebags that are worried about Muslims coming to the country and, you know, they're, they're, they're just not going to be able to blend in. The Mexicans are not going to be able to blend in. Dude, they, they have and they, they did and they have. If the Irish did it when they came to this country and now we call them white, even though back then we didn't want to consider them anything as human beings, like same thing with the Italians and all that. So anyway, some of the roots of Mr. Bannon's ideology, like the roots of Trump's popularity, are to be found at the disappointed hopes of the global economy but mr bannon unlike mr trump has a detailed idea an explanation of how american sovereignty was lost so you guys are worried that we're going the way of england or the i'm sorry the united kingdom where uh we can't have our fucking empires anymore we don't we don't need that we never have needed that um and that he has an idea what to do about it it's the same idea that the Tea Party activists have. A class of regulators in the government has robbed Americans of our democratic prerogatives. That class now constitutes an administrative state that operates to empower itself and enrich its crony capitalist allies. Look no further than the Trump administration for this example. 
Mr. Bannon speaks of deconstructing the administrative state, which he's already started doing underneath Trump. It sounded like gobbledygook outside the discussion where he first brought it up, but it was an electrifying profession of faith to the attendees at CPAC. It's as though Mr. Bannon, that Trumpism can be converted from a set of nostalgic laments about making America great again into a program for all overhauling the government. And we we're seeing it. He's in, he's letting Trump install all these crony people in there. And it's just going to completely fucking destroy the federal government. And who's going to be there to rebuild it? I don't think he's thought that far. Maybe he wants to put himself in there. I don't know. But he's going to die of cirrhosis before that happens. Um, he, his views reflect a transformation of con- conservatism over the last decade or so. You can trace the transformation to the films that he made in his 2004 documentary, In the Face of Evil. It's an orthodox tribute to the Republican Party hero Ronald Reagan. And it's made mostly with stock footage. I've seen a good chunk of this movie before. But it was Generation Zero that was half a decade later. It's a strange hybrid. The financial crash was intervened. Um, Mr. Bannon's films feature predictable interviews with think tank supply siders and free marketers fretting about big government. But new, less orthodox voices creep in, too, from the perfectionist newscaster Lou Dobbs to the investment manager Barry Ritholtz. I have never heard of that guy before. The question whether the free market is altogether free. It's fixed, but it's still free. I'm playing in the market. So if I can get in there, everybody can. So they said that the outcome for the financial crisis crisis had been socialism for the wealthy, but capitalism for everybody else. And I don't disagree with that because our our rich continued to get a lot richer and they got bailouts and everything. And meanwhile, everybody else got a big middle finger. I bought a house right before the market crash. That was fun. I'm still paying for that. That's so much fun. Let me tell you guys. Uh, In 2014, Mr. Bannon's own ideology had become centered on this distrust. He was saying such things about capitalism himself. He's like, think about it. He said, talking in a, in a in a talk hosted by the Institute for Human Dignity. God, what a terrible fucking name of an organization. When you just call yourself the League of Supervillains, you know. Not one criminal charge has ever been brought to any bank executive associated with the 2008 crisis, which is amazing. I agree with him here. Not a single charge. But who have you been backing, Mr. Bannon? You're you're on Trump's team. He's done a whole lot of fucking horrible, illegal shit as a rich person. But you're willing to concede that because he's given you the position of power? I don't know. He's warned against the Ayn Rand or objectivist school of libertarian capitalism, by which he meant a capitalism that really looks to make people commodities and to objectify people. He said capitalism, he said, ought to rest on a, here we go, Judeo-Christian foundation gross so if so this was bad news for the republican party by the time that mr bannon spoke ayn rand capitalism was all remained of the reagan era agenda free market thinking had been swallowed swallowing the party whole and its judeo-christian preoccupations with a nation with a culture and a reason for a being along with it a business orientation was what donors wanted and now we have a guy running the government like it's a business and it's not doing well at all uh, I'm not going to read a whole lot more of this fucking article, but there's there's a lot to worry about with this guy, because frankly, he's all over the map. 
and he's not he's he's completely willing to you know curve on a lot of things just to get his way and it worries me when we have folks that are in supreme executive power like this guy what kind of shit they're going to start because if you look at a lot of the stuff that uh Bannon has brought up he wants a war with Islam he is goading for one he thinks that's one of the biggest things one of the like that is the great enemy that we should be fighting right now and it's gross we don't need more wars Trump's going to definitely be going to a war here pretty soon whether it's going to be North Korea or Iran who knows but he's aiming for that because he needs that to cement his power. He needs that to keep him in power. And Bannon's the guy that's going to drive him to do it. Because apparently it's going to be this fourth great turning or whatever the fuck they called it earlier on in this thing that I've been talking about for nearly 20 minutes now. Good God. But Steve Bannon scares the shit out of me. And honestly, he should be scaring you guys too. I just thought you ought to know. Do you know where Saskatchewan is? Probably not. It's in Canada. If you do, you might know a city named Regina. In Regina, there's a studio. And in that studio, there are, at least once a month, a bunch of skeptical atheist geeks and goofballs who get together to do a podcast. We are the Brainstorm Crew, and we're trying to help spread a bit of reason and critical thinking while still having fun. Never taking things too seriously, but still not accepting everything we're told, we go through different topics, exploring them in depth, and often disagreeing. We try to stick to provable facts, and we never trust a myth. That's why we say we're woo-free since 2013. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spreaker under Brainstorm. Or check out our website, brainstormblog.net. I can't promise you'll always agree with us, but I can promise you'll have fun listening to us. Joining us for the interview segment this week, we've got Corey Johnston from the Brainstorm Podcast. Welcome to the show. Uh, People that have uh, listened to the show for a while um, know that we play your guys' bumper quite often. So this is the Corey that does the commercial for that you guys have heard so many goddamn times. (laughs) So welcome to the show, man. Glad glad to have you along. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> so uh, let's say let's get it out of the way real quick. Corey is a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But man, yeah. his show is a lot of fucking fun. Plug away whatever you want to talk about. But um, when we were going to bring up a couple of questions, of course. But I mean, seriously, how how fun is it for you guys right now as Canadians to watch us just kind of like everything falling apart? I mean. It's got to be terrifying, but at the same time, you're like, fuck, I'm glad I'm Canadian. <laughs> yeah, it, the, there's definitely a relief that we're not the ones going through it. <laughs> but no, it it's scary because we're so closely tied to you guys that everything <laughs> that happens there, is, it affects us so much. Yeah, our market falls, your guys' market falls. It's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Falls pretty closely behind. But at least you we, guys have, uh, have health care. That's, that's, that's great. <laughs> We're, yeah. we're apparently about to fuck everybody out of our out of medical care here oh, in the states so <laughs> that's just depressing isn't it i i think it's going to actually lead to universal medical coverage i think i think it's fine we're finally at that tipping point where like no matter what they do no one's going to be happy with it except for the the people on the left need to push even harder be like okay well our alternative is obamacare or right. let's lower the medicare like age down to zero they could get it done with one line of one bill you know, that Medicare would be available to everybody starting at birth. That's all they'd have to change instead of like the right. the arbitrary date that they make people have to wait for, which burns my fucking, I hate the, I hate the system that we have here for that because <laughs> Jesus Christ, I got a bill in this week for a, 
uh, I have to go in every couple of years to get a colonoscopy done because I'm right. high risk for, for that kind of cancer. And uh, I got the bill this week. I got a bill from the doctor's office for $300. This is after paying all of the copays that you have to pay to go to the doctor. <laughs> and I got one from the hospital where they had the procedure done for $700 oh, after geez. insurance. So it's like a thousand bucks to get preventative screening to make sure you don't fucking die. And it's like, that's brutal. I'm just glad that uh, I'm not going to be dying of ass cancer. That's that's the well, that's that's the silver lining to that one. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose it's better than dying from ass cancer, but it's still not ideal. <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, they're they're taking it out of my ass, but uh, that's okay. I'm, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I'll be fine. Anyway, so if you wouldn't mind, tell the people a little bit about yourself and the shows that you do. We I want you to I want you to plug the new one coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I well, I guess I. You already said I'm Corey Johnson. I'm just a, I guess a blue collar redneck from Saskatchewan. Uh, you got rednecks up there. <laughs> yeah. And, and I keep hearing more and more that I'm more redneck than almost anybody else. I know. <laughs> really? Kinda, like yeah. Canadian scale of redneck? Because I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it takes quite a bit for Americans to be redneck and you're not calling you tater salad down here or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely Canadian redneck, but <laughs> Yeah, not not Alabama redneck. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, interesting, and I've though. got uh, the Brainstorm podcast, which is me and my my crew. We hang out, we have a few drinks, we bullshit for a few hours. We broadcast it live every second Friday, and then I put it out into two different shows so that half of it is out each week. And uh, yeah, we we try to focus a little bit on uh, a variety of things, including. Uh, education and we tackle uh, logical fallacies and critical thinking and all a whole bunch of different aspects but we have a really good time doing it because that's kind of the whole point right yeah no kidding right uh, i i heard you a couple of weeks ago on uh, the wayward atheist podcast where you're going against uh, ed and no it was just ed that you were going against right because it, yeah about the the no platforming thing and i thought i thought you did damn well in that especially with it being your first debate so <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. I, I listening back to it the two or three times that I have so far, I really can spot my errors. Like I've listened to enough debates to know what is a good strategy and what isn't, but yeah. to actually perform in the moment it, I, I, I definitely had some good points and I had some other points where I wasn't as good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I hear you there. Uh, and what's the what's the new project that you're you're starting to uh, starting to work on right now? Uh, my new project is I'm calling it the Hardcore Skeptic Examines, and uh, every episode I'm going to take a really deep dive on an individual topic. Uh, I'm going to combine combine a bunch of interviews and a bunch of research, and I'm going to put it all together and try and produce a, an almost a, a documentary style podcast like. I'm expecting them to be approximately three hours long. You know, Holy kind shit, of dude. <laughs> these, these, these really big projects, but I hope it's really good quality and that people, it, it appeals to people. Uh, my first one is going to be on social justice. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it seems that there's, there's a divide in the skeptic and atheist communities. Yes, there is. So, and I, I, th I think it needs to be addressed. I think there's uh, a misunderstanding in many ways of what social social justice is, even by people who advocate for it, perhaps. Yeah, I agree there. 
There, there are and quite I, a bit of people that are a bit rabid about it. And it's like, wait, 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 calm down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I, I, I've even heard criticisms of social justice that are rooted in, in things that I've never heard of, like, uh, or had never heard of before, uh, like critical race theory. People huh. like to talk about that as though it's this terrible theory and that social justice warriors are using this as, and I, I want to explore that, uh, these ideas, like these theories and like almost from an academic perspective as well, if I can. Yeah. Cause apparently there's a, there's a whole lot of book learning when it comes to social justice. So <laughs> yeah, that I right. have not even begun to crack half of the, the volumes that I need to, to even have a, a somewhat good stance on it. I mean, besides uh, I'm not an internet, internet outrage machine kind of person, but it's just like, there's a lot of critical theory. There's a lot of uh, academia when it comes to that subject. So for sure. Oh God! It just reminds me of the stack of books that I have yet to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got right now. I've got uh, I think eleven or twelve interviews that I've got set up. Good God! And I've got uh, yeah. So and one I've podcast got... was not enough for you, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't overworked yet. I guess. <laughs> uh, it's a bit of hosting humor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like no. Yeah. Uh, it consumes every fucking part of your day, every part of your week. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> to the point where actually my daughter tried to uh, say that I couldn't do interviews on other people's shows on Saturday nights. <laughs> well, we're going to we're going to keep you here briefly because I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's important to get back to people, but the reason we have to record Saturdays is because I work a fucking weird ass shift and so Yeah. And it's, it's no, also I, it's uh, a good night for people to get blitzed if they want to. So, that's what I that's right. I encourage that quite a bit. Uh anyway, so let's get to the general questions here. Uh tell us oh wait, we already did the show and plug away, so you know who you are and where you're from is one that we haven't broached yet. We said that you're Canadian, but in you said that you're redneck Canadian, so that would mean that you would have to be, you're not in one of the, the more densely populated. <laughs> no, that's right. I'm, I'm from uh, Saskatchewan. I currently live in Regina, which is the capital of Saskatchewan. Uh, our province is, uh, we have quite a lot of landmass, but we have only a, around a million people in the entire province. No shit. Wow. How much, yeah. how, about how many people live in Regina then? Uh, I think we're just around two, two twenty five, two hundred twenty five thousand, something wow. like that. <laughs> That's I could crazy. be slightly off on. Yeah, it's not actually big compared to what other people consider cities, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, I I look at Salt Lake City, and that's not a, a a huge city, but like all the other cities that glom onto it makes it a really fucking huge city. But it's like it, it, I think about two hundred thousand. I'm like, yeah, we got that <laughs> easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. No, so are there suburbs to Regina as well? Sort of. There's a, a city that's <laughs> called White City. It's a little, it's basically attached to Regina, but it's, I don't know, it's still considered its own town. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Have you ever been to our fair state of Utah? Have you ever, have you ever, I mean, I'm sure you've been to the States before, of course. I mean, obviously, I yeah, mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there aren't Canadians that haven't been to America, but <laughs> we don't tend to look at you guys as, as much of a hard lens as we do the uh, the brown people coming from the south most of the time right yeah no i i've been down to i haven't been to utah but i've been down to vegas a couple times and mm. i've been to uh like we live very close to the north dakota border oh okay so i've been down to north dakota lots of times yeah you're not missing much there <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably really. a lot like where you live anyway but yeah, yeah. it is yeah 
Yeah, we're pretty heavily influenced. There's a lot of oil industry there. There's yeah, it's very conservative. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, let's see. Have you been an atheist all your life, or did you find your way out later in life? My, uh, I guess you could say that I've, I haven't been an atheist my whole life. I kind of decide I, I was a kind of a believer until I was about 17. Yeah. And then I realized I was agnostic or I decided to pick agnostic as my title. Yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I went through like a long phase of believing just about any kind of wooey crap that I kind of thought felt good. And then, yeah. and then eventually I hit on atheism when I hit about 30. So <laughs> it's funny. It's about, it's about my story as well, because it's like, I, I didn't realize you could be an atheist. I didn't know that there was such a thing like atheists. When I was a Baptist kid growing up were these evil, you know, reprehensible people that did horrible things. And like, you would never <laughs> want to be considered one of them. I didn't realize that the definition was so fucking simple, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Eh? I don't know that I even had heard the word until I was much you know, in my twenties. Yeah. It was always used as a, uh, a pejorative or a, like a, a slur against people that, you know, weren't there at church every weekend kind of thing. Cause I went to hardcore Baptist fucking church. And, <laughs> right. Right. And I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that shit anymore. It, it was kind of nice moving to Utah. We, we got to avoid that kind of shit because the, the Baptist Southern Baptist convention doesn't exactly plant their flag here that hard. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, so let's see. What else do we have on the list here? Uh, what's your favorite booze slash beer? Do you have one? Are you a drinker? <laughs> this is something that the crew gives me a hard time about all the time because <laughs> everybody apparently likes craft beer. Atheists like <laughs> craft beer. And, and I like farmer beer. Like <laughs> <laughs> I drink Molson Canadian or Coors Light, and I mix it with Clamato juice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You were what you were the when we, when we were on the show together. You were having the uh, what the hell they call it, the chalada style. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah, the chalatas. Yeah, that's oh. I, I. I like clam. I've always liked clamato juice. Uh, for a while, uh, I don't know around twenty five years old. I just drank uh, like Molson XL or whatever it was, the zero percent <laughs> alcohol. Oh. I just drink that and clam all the time. That was my drink. Just a taste thing, huh? <laughs> yep, that's right. That's funny. I, I'm not going to hate on anybody that doesn't like that, <laughs> yeah. d like drink specifically craft beer because I'm, I'm known to drink shit beer every once in a while too, just because it's beer. It's good. It's like, it's like pizza, even a shitty pizza is still good. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, right. I'm a farmer. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for you, what would be the, uh, the most, this is one I like to ask a lot of people is like, uh, what is the most, uh, annoying thing for you that people of faith can possibly do in your presence? Just because it's just like, uh, that's, thank God. That's fuck, actually. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> you know, I don't hear too much, actually. Like, I keep, I have people who, like, worry about saying bless you around me. And they, they oh. worry about, <laughs> like, you know, and they go, oh, I know you're an atheist, but God bless you, Corey. And I, I'm just like, you know. None of that shit means anything to me. <laughs> yeah. You can say it all you want. It's for you. There's no point getting <laughs> offended by that kind of thing. Yeah. I didn't but, think of that. Uh, I didn't think of that asking somebody that's Canadian because you guys probably don't have quite a, I mean, we do have uh, a lot of F FLDS people up there in like British Columbia and stuff. And we've got a lot of um, weird sects of Mormonism that have disappeared up into Canada. And, and so 
I guess you guys don't have as hardcore of a religious like bent that we as, as Americans do. <laughs> yeah, not typically. Like uh, it's almost like uh, the fact that we don't have a, a specific re- separation of religion and and state has stopped people from pushing so hard against it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Man, maybe that's what we need to do. Nope, nope, because that means Christianity <laughs> would completely fucking take over. I, I, I'm assuming yeah. so. Yeah, it's not like, not too like, late. Not like it hasn't already, right? <laughs> yeah, so, that's right. All right, since I did bring up the the Mormon specter, do you have a uh, an opinion about the LDS Church or the Mormons in general? <laughs> you know, uh, until that, until fairly recently, I didn't know much about them. Mm. It, it was one of those things that oh sure they exist but it, it's not <laughs> in my spectrum of look of, a white uh, whale <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right like yeah but it it sounds more and more like it's just a complete con that somehow people are falling for and yeah. i just don't get it well I, I can send two very fine young gentlemen to your address <laughs> they'll love to come and talk <laughs> with you about it <laughs> yeah oh that would be interesting yeah now, I won't do such a thing, but they'll give you they'll give you a free book. <laughs> we, we do have some of those, like uh, uh, the Mormons who walk around and knock on doors and try to hand you pamphlets and talk to you for Proselytizing. whatever. Proselytizing, yeah. oh, it's so much fun. You know, Ed was a uh, devout Mormon. Yes, yeah, and I so do he know that. he did serve his mission, and I think he went to I think he went to California if I remember his story right. And I'm like. Wow, so <laughs> you got to serve a mission in an English speaking country. How about that? It's like Right, eh? <laughs> it's like the, oh, luck of the draw. You're in Canada and like all of a sudden you get to serve a mission in California. I'm like, oh. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But he's a newfie, so that's not quite Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's right. For those wondering, you might want to go look at a map and find out where Newfoundland is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It still technically counts as Canada, but <laughs> you got they got that weird Viking time zone where they get like an extra thirty minutes on their clock. It's like that's right. What the yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like it would be. It's nine thirty here. It would be midnight there. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't handle that kind of thing. So let's see. That that's about all that I got for questions for you. Uh, let, let's go ahead and give you give you a chance to do another plug, and we'll get you out of here back to your family. So. Once again, Ooh. Corey Johnson from <laughs> <laughs> the Brainstorm Podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker. Uh, like I say, Spreaker is where we do our live show every two weeks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what else? <laughs> I <laughs> Actually, me and Destin from the Brainstorm Podcast, we're starting a new show as well. It's going to be called Positively Skeptical. Oh, which okay. is Yeah, it's, it, the intent is instead of just making fun of stupid shit, we're going to learn. <laughs> what are you trying to say there, Corey? <laughs> yeah. We're going to try and learn about it and we're going to try and, uh, produce a show that educates people as much as it can in a, in a less than in a less <laughs> making fun of them way than my usual show. <laughs> yeah. As, as atheist podcasters know, that's, that's one of the ways that there's, there's a light path and a dark path. And most of us take the dark path because it's funner <laughs> and it yeah, that's right. gives you that little yeah. bit of a release valve. Like, Oh fuck these religious people. insist. <laughs> well, and, and sometimes it's just really hard not to, right? Like, yeah. it's just like, I, I can't take some people seriously. This is like, exactly. Really? You believe that? Man. Yeah. Look at this that's asshole. right. <laughs> 
anyway, Corey, it's been a blast having you on. I'd love to have you on again in the future, have you sit on an entire show, but I, I know that, that that's yeah. a time sink. It's <laughs> just like <laughs> just like everybody else that does two episode shows. And so <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I anyway, appreciate having me on anyway and uh Oh no problem. I, I hope the rest of the show goes well. Yep, we will find out shortly. Uh for all those listening, we'll be right back. Hey man, how you doing? What's your name? Hey, they keep pushing me, but I just wanted to sign up for the open. Ah uh, no, the Democrats are never violent, like the Black Lives Matter events and attacking the Trump people. Yeah. I'm not a uh, Democrat either. I'm a nihilist. I know, I know. But the Daily Show's not a Pentagon weapon program. And I'm not on the Daily Show. I'm on MySpace. Okay, okay well that's good. But listen, I mean, I mean, I mean, you seem like you're upset. I want you to have sex with my wife. Uh, so just trying to be shocking. No, not at all. I really, here's my hotel key. I want you to have sex with my wife. <laughs> Sir, we're, we're, I know you're trying to be shocking I'm right now. I'm super into Trump. I'm Trump all day, baby. Right, Trump, baby. One of the, uh, the greatest things about being able to do Alex Jones um, when I'm working solo is that he has a, oh, almost six minute video that I'm going to be able to comment on after he says some crazy shit. And uh, unfortunately, this is on the Alex Jones channel. I couldn't find a right-wing watch link for this one because they tend to not edit the videos. And this Alex video is edited. Uh, but apparently, he's supremely butthurt about um, about Alec Baldwin uh, making fun of Trump. And apparently, he got made fun of as well on the same episode of Saturday Night Live. So here we go. Alec Baldwin thinks he's a tough guy. I challenge him a million dollars to charity he wants to get in the ring with me. Bare knuckle. You coward. You think you're a tough guy messing with little cameraman people. You freaking bully. You coward. Well, already he's gone. I, I think Alex Jones has gone kind of crazy. But he knows what sells. And apparently this, this was what works for right-wing America. But he's not a coward. If he doesn't want to get into a fucking boxing ring and bare knuckle box, a, a obviously unhinged person, that doesn't make him a coward. That makes him a smart person. I wouldn't go into a boxing ring with Alex Jones for a million dollars because he'd probably eat part of me. That's I'm scared of Alex Jones. I tell you what, man. I hate you. My listeners hate you. And remember that scumbag forever. <laughs> I love his voice. I'm gonna. <laughs> his listeners hate you. I hate you. Oh, wonderful. That's great. That means that he's having an effect. That means that you're gonna complain about it. And obviously, people like me, you're gonna pick up on your complaints about it. And we're gonna share and we're gonna do this dance again and again and again and again and again. But you're keeping me entertained, Alex. Let's go. <laughs> anti-human scum we're gonna wreck their world when i come back we'll look at the coward at homeland oh i was just joking when i said i'd break alec baldwin's back or neck which is it his neck or his back his pussy and his crack i i don't understand what he's talking about here oh it's just a joke no if when you challenge somebody to a boxing match and you're talking about you're gonna rip their fucking jaw off that's not joking man that's like you threatening them I don't know how people don't see it as any clearer. That metaphorically, just like it's a joke when they say that I told Donald Trump black people aren't humans. But I'm pretty sure you did say that. You're, you're one of these alt-right motherfuckers that 
uh, wants people to think that, you know, white is right. Dare you? Oh, I know you feel sorry for yourself when I make a statement like that. You'll probably be in the news. Alex Jones threatens Alec Baldwin. You can't get up there and say you learned from me that black people aren't humans, asshole. Ooh, he said a naughty word. Oh, he's on radio when he does this show, too. So I can only imagine what they're going to do to fix that. But he's trying to compare somebody saying uh, being reported on for saying something salacious, you know, like black people aren't human. Comparing it to threatening a guy that you're going to beat the shit out of him and, you know, make his wife a widow kind of thing. Those are not comparable things here. Those are definitely the falls into that category of apples and oranges, Alex. Excuse me. Oh, okay. Delay that. <laughs> I'm just getting sick of these people. I, I really am starting to get tired of them. <clears throat> I want to tell you something funny right now. Uh, in between the break that I, that we had on the video here, Alex has had apparently eaten some stuff. He'll he'll admit to it in a minute, but that's what all this coughing and you know, <clears throat> all this fun stuff is. Because I watched that five-minute clip. It took me 30 minutes to st start and stop it. I was eating jalapenos <laughs> during the break. You are destroyed from eating jalapenos? Alex Jones, I will, I will challenge you to a pepper-eating contest. I will eat a Carolina Reaper, and then I will smash your fucking face in. <laughs> Holy crap, man. Like, he's wiping his five-head. It's not a forehead anymore. And he's choking on it, and he's having a hard time talking because he ate some jalapenos during the break. Wait, wait. And I'm sitting there watching this crap meant to create destruction of our society. And I'm not mad at Baldwin and his cowardly riders because they're even attacking me. Hang on. He just said he's not mad at Baldwin. I, I I can guarantee you that he's going to come back around on that one. Guarantee you. Let's see. I'm sick of the world they're making for our kids. The guy is a selfish pig. But he's nothing compared to the guy I'm going to cover in the next segment. Who that? And that's Jake Weber. Oh. And I want to challenge Jake Weber as well. He can show up in a ring with me, bare knuckles. I thought that was a metaphor. And he can uh, even do his fake Texas accent. While he has each episode, I'm helping terrorists kill people. Yeah. I'm blaming innocent people for the terror. Mm -hmm. I'm setting up war heroes and saying they aren't war heroes. I mean, you know what? I mean, and, and, and they, they admit in the news it's Alex Jones. This is uncool, man. Anybody anywhere in the world. If you did this to Andrew Jackson 200 years ago, he'd call you out in the street, man. I mean. You don't want to go to Andrew Jackson as like your go-to president. Andrew Jackson was a terrible fucking human being and we don't live 200 years ago where people can call you out to the street and everything 200 years ago you could still own black people Just think about that Alex dude I don't sit there and say that 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 you hate black people I mean what the hell man just because you've dehumanized me and want to go on the news and lie about me but he's just saying stuff that you've said. He's not lying about you if he's repeating statements that you've made. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Or create some fictional character who you say is Alex Jones. You just can't get away with that, bro. Yeah, you can. It's called the First Amendment. You, you can make fun of people that are public figures. And they can't sue you for it because you're a fucking public figure. 
Alex Jones, when you put yourself out there as a public figure, there are certain rights that you kind of waive. You don't get to be an anonymous citizen anymore. You're pretty well known, as much as that pains me to say that. People are allowed to lampoon you. That's why they can do the Donald Trump thing and make fun of him. That's why anybody that's a comedian can do a shitty, you know, accent and pretend that you're somebody else. So I'm not going to attack anybody. You're not going to attack anybody. Get in the ring with me. And I guess bare knuckles boxing is 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 illegal. So the point is, is that I guarantee you, it's, I, I just am tired of these people, man. I'm tired of you writing checks you can't cash, bro. I'll- bro. He's tired of writing your people writing checks that they can't cash. You're you're messed up the fucking terminology there. It's you know people writing checks that their ass can't can't uh, cat uh, ass can't cash. There you go. There's the word I was looking for. One of you actually text me up on this because Alec Baldwin's supposedly a tough guy, Irish. I'm sure he is. Wow, <laughs> he's Irish, so I'm pretty sure he's tough. What the fuck, man? He, Oh, wait, let's bring up the video of him calling his daughter a little pig or something like that. Why don't we do that? I'll take him and Bill O'Reilly on because they're both older than me at the same time in the ring. What the fuck? (laughs) He wants to fight Bill O'Reilly. You do realize, Alex, that Bill O'Reilly is just a character that Bill O'Reilly plays. I'm sure. Wait, actually, since he's been that guy for quite a long time, I'm sure that he's always going to be that character because he, he's gone the whole uh, Captain Kirk way of living life. He has embraced that he is his own, um, the hell do I want to call it, a, his own caricature. He, is exist, he, he exists as that person, just like Russell Brand. Russell Brand is always going to be fucking Russell Brand. Bill O'Reilly says, tonight we look at sexual predators. He cuts to a clip of me screaming about police corruption. Oh, I bash the cops when they're being bad. And he cuts it into a thing about women being raped. I mean, dude, 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 I'm so pissed at you. That's why I'd kick your ass. I'm, I'm pissed off. You understand? Is it Festivus? Is this the airing of grievances that we get out of the way every year before we wrestle and like go around the aluminum pole every year? I know that I want to punch you in the nose. You understand? And when I want to punch somebody in the nose, I don't ever lose. I'm, I, don't, I love everybody until they lie about me and my family. And so what am I supposed to do when you, you say I'm a sex predator? This guy says I'm a damn racist. I'm tired of it, man. Well, maybe quit being a sex predator and a racist. Why don't you talk about Upper Deckers more? Let's go, let's go ahead and do that. You understand? I'm a person, dumbass. You're a character. I don't sit there and say stuff about you that isn't true. I don't say... Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Listen to that line right there. I don't say stuff about you that isn't true. So here we go. Alec Baldwin's a child molester. I don't say that Jake Weber's a child molester. That's not the part. I don't say you're working with Muslim terrorists. It's not funny. But I know it's how much you hate the American people. That's who you really hate. You hate the- There we go. Now he's, assu- he's asserting that he- these two guys hate the American people. I don't say stuff about these guys that's not true. Right when I'm about to say some shit that it- about them that isn't true at all. Liberty movement, and you hate that we're kicking your ass politically. And just like we're kicking your ass politically, we're just going to sit back and let you try to start your race where we're just going to take it. I'm going to put all my energy, all my aggressive, warlike energy into politically annihilating you. And I pray to God on the altar of Jesus Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit to give me the strength and just continue to have the hedge of protection of the providence. I know it's there. I don't deserve this providence, but God knows I mean what I'm doing. So just God, please. Wow. 
<laughs> that is a whole bunch of crazy right there. He prays to God on the altar of Jesus. What the fuck does that even mean? Isn't Jesus God? I mean, I don't know. Please, 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 please open everybody's eyes and raise up other leaders to defeat these people. Because I just want to see this scum defeated. They hate us so much. They are sickening filth. God, they're the most dishonorable monsters the world's ever seen. They want to start wars with Russia. They want to start wars everywhere with anybody that isn't a threat. And then they worship all the real threats like communist China. No, as a, as a lefty, we don't like China. <laughs> we will enjoy the fact that they give us cheap consumer electronics, but we're not going to go to war with them. Uh, and with the whole Russia war thing, you know, that was that's that was going on since World War Two, you know, and you, you guys have completely forgotten everything that, you know, you like to claim that Reagan did to stop the Cold War. You know, Clinton kept us out of having a nuclear war with them. Uh, Bush had another couple of years where he kept us out of nuclear war. We kept the Russians at bay. But now these guys are just quick to fucking want to hop into bed with them. And it grosses me out. They're funded by them. Hell, I've rubbed with CBS, got a bunch of Chicom money. Chicom? Look, man, if you want to talk about people being owned by China, look no further than your butt buddy, Donald fucking Trump, who was against the whole one China uh, statement that, that America's been having since, you know, Nixon. And he changed his whole fucking tune as soon as, you know, his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, started getting a bailout and Trump got his patents allowed in China, including one of them being for escort services. So, yeah, Alex Jones, you are nutso. And I, I wish I could let this play longer, but I can't handle the crazy anymore. All right. Now, now you have been up here at the front of the deal, kind of why bumping those folks. Why does my PP come out yellow? Oh, now I know why folks want to matter. This is an agitator who doesn't want to actually even have speech. He wants to shut down our speech. That's his job. No, you, you, you want you want me to have, you talk about sex, talk about PP. That's not fair. Okay. Well, we have children. Fuel can't melt steel. We we have the bombs in Tower Seven. Well, I've exposed all that. Well, I'm with you. All right. Well, I'm on your side. Well you, well, you said something legitimate. You're looking for an argument, and I want to know who put the bombs in Tower 7. Yeah, he just, he wants to edit this later. So the 13-foot-tall David the Gnome lookalike, um, I, I don't know why I'm calling him that lately, but Rick Joyner is going to talk to us about uh, this, the Supreme Court of the United States striking down the travel ban again. Uh, this is a, this is what's going to happen if they do, and... We haven't gone to the Supreme Court yet, but the, the district courts have, the federal courts have said, no, no travel ban. Uh, let's go ahead and hear what he's going to say about all this. But we've got a real battle right now between the president, the Congress, and the judicial. With the judicial, I mean, this is <laughs> essentially okay. a coup. Now, I, I No, it's called balance of powers, dude. It's in the Constitution. We have three separate houses with, you know, a clear division of duties. I don't know how, I don't know how he doesn't know this kind of thing. Trust that the Supreme Court, it'll go to the Supreme Court. And I think should, they will overwhelmingly override this because it is so absolutely unconstitutional what this district court judge in the Ninth Circuit did. And, but if they don't. Ugh. 
if they vote along political lines instead of mooring themselves to the Constitution, to the clear law that was passed by Congress. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Clear law that was passed by Congress? This, my friend, is an executive order. This is not a law that was ran through Congress. This isn't something that did that went through the fucking process of becoming law. Because this is something that's an executive order. This came from the executive branch. It has nothing to do with the legislative branch. It has to do between the judicial and the executive. The executive overstepped their fucking bounds. And the judicial's purview is to rein it fucking in because they are doing shit that is illegal and unconstitutional by banning certain people from coming into this country. I don't know how you guys don't get this. We are the constitutional crisis. I would say constitutional civil war. No, oh, yeah, yeah, just put the. And it's not going to be North versus South. What's it going to be? It's going to be those who believe that we're republic and we must defend the republic against enemies both foreign and domestic which all of us I, I can't say all of us but a lot of us people that voted for clinton are doing because we see the enemies both foreign and domestic the republicans are turning a blind fucking eye to the fact that one of our greatest enemies of all time had influence in our election they're just saying oh it's not a big deal they're not investigating a guy who tends to be running shit like he has an agenda that nobody knows about except him and a couple other folk. That's an enemy that's domestic. Am I pissed that the status quo is being challenged? Absolutely. Because it's being challenged for the wrong fucking reasons. Trump, his big thing is rolling back anything that Obama did. And I, I had my issues with Obama. Everybody did. Not every president is going to align to what you like about them 100% of the time. You're always going to have issue with them. But for the most part, he did really fucking well for our image to, across the world. Is that a lighthearted thing I should bring up? Yes, because look who we have now, and we're being fucking laughed at. But you guys don't care about that. You're like, oh, they're just laughing at us? Well, fuck them, and we don't have to worry about that. And those who are trying to rule by fiat. When I was discussing such things as today that I thought was going to lead to martial law. Now, I said this because I saw that prophetically in 1987. I wrote about it in my book, The Harvest, in 88, which I think I published in 89. And uh, it's a. Wait, you wrote about it in 87, but you, wrote, you published it in 89. But there's something about 88 in the middle there. You guys have been playing this stupid shell game of martial law government takeover bullshit since you, uh, you said so here. 87. 80 fucking 7. That's 30 years ago for you people playing at home. Martial law has not been fucking declared. During Obama, none of the shit that you guys thought was going to happen, happened. It's not Trump that kept it at bay. It's the fact that he was a good fucking president folding right before our eyes we really are in a constitutional crisis now i think we're going to come out of it everybody's terrified when they think of martial law they think of you know these um you know the suppression of our republic but i believe the martial law we're going to go through i'm not saying this is it i'm saying it we're dangling very close to it we're hanging by a thread is that what, is that the the trope that you want to go to is that the one you're going to use there rick 
but it um it really is i think going to happen and when maybe could when? be years down the road oh still, okay so years but i i totally i'm not saying it's today i'm not saying it's tomorrow i'm not saying it's the day after tomorrow i'm not saying weeks i'm not saying months i'm saying years down the road probably about the time that trump's impeached i think i'll agree with them on this yeah let's have let's go ahead and have that civil war let's make the progressives fight the oldies how about that one let's kill all the baby boomers yes are you hearing me, left-wing watch? I said kill the baby boomers. He came up and talked about his hotel room and sex and pee-pee. Hey, don't tread on me. I got a song called Don't so Tread this on, is me. All don't to be edited, on Me. It's all to be edited don't later. This is all disinformation. Completely. All right, appreciate you, sir. Now you just rubbed on me. All right, good. Thank you. You have nothing to say. Go on down. Just, just vulgarity. All right, folks. This guy, see, I did that. To illustrate, hey, I recognize this guy from one of the dinosaur media. Are you a Tyrannosaurus Rex? A Brachiosaurus? John Ziegler is a guy that I've never heard of, but apparently he's he's written a book lately called, um, the fuck is it? It's a uh, Framing Sandusky is what it's called, and he's on the Glenn Beck show talking about this, and he's saying that Jerry Sandusky is, is innocent, and I probably should have did a little bit more weightlifting on this one and looked up exactly what Sandusky is faced, what he did if he if he uh, admitted to it, if there's been all sorts of case, cases brought against him. But this guy's honestly on Glenn Beck trying to defend Jerry Kidfucker Sandusky. Here we go. There's so many elements of the perfect storm here, one of which is that this story breaks in Pennsylvania not long after the whole Catholic Church scandal. Right. And because of that, it sets a prism through which everybody, especially in the news media, they see this. They see Paterno as the pope. They see the administrators right. as the cardinals. They see Sandusky. Oh, he's the pedophile priest. And but unlike the Catholic Church, Sandusky and Paterno didn't get away with it. For I mean, they did for a long time. But it, the House of Cards finally folded on him, just like how it finally folded on fucking Bill Cosby, you know. It takes a lot of work to get an abuser out of out of out into the open, but when it does happen, it happens relatively quick and it happens hard, which is why I can't wait for that time. We'll see. They see the Penn State football fans as oh, these are the Catholic parishioners who are, love their football so much, their religion of football that they're willing to look the other way and, and, and they did that for a, a really long time. Really a really that long was time. A narrative that fit, yeah, but they like, did. That narrative is is real in many cases. People don't want to look at this stuff. I understand that, but in, but that's what set this case up for a massive injustice. So as I got involved massive. more and more, and I was just massive looking for the injustice. truth, and I interviewed Sandusky not once but twice in prison for six hours plus, went on the Today Show not once but twice. The second time, Matt Lauer very nicely declared my career to be dead. Starfucker. <laughs> three, three years ago this week. But I figured, okay, you know, if you're going to die on a hill, this is a pretty good die, hill to die on. And I trust. Defending Jerry Kidfucker Sandusky is a good hill to die on, that he's an innocent man? I don't think so. I mean, I've taken enough bullets to understand the reality of that. Um, what I realized was that the only way to make this case make any sense at all is it shockingly. The part of the case that no one took a look at, no one bothered to do the math on, the Jerry Sandusky element is a myth. That Jerry Sandusky is, in fact, innocent. 
and it's not even close. That's what's so amazing about this. Wow. I I don't I I would go to his website where he was bringing this up to talk to check it out, but I don't want to give him the clicks. And I know those who do not follow thing, but I uh, look, man, you can't defend a, a a pedophile. You you can't you can't say oh, but Jared for Subway he was he was actually a pretty nice guy. No, you can't do that. I'm gonna bring him up. Actually, I'm gonna look up Jerry San fucking Dusky live. Well, I mean it's recorded for you guys, but it's me. <laughs> bringing it up here he is 73 years old criminal charges involuntary deviant sexual intercourse indecent assault criminal intent to commit indecent assault unlawful contact with minors corruption of minors endangering welfare of children criminal penalty 30 to 60 years in prison so he's gonna fucking die there so his child child sex abuse scandal happened and he admits that he's sexually attracted to younger boys, and I, man, there there's walls and walls of this shit that I cannot possibly go through everything. I, I can't bring it all up, but the dude was obviously a fucking pedo, and he got reined in for it. He went to a trial with 52 charges of sexual crimes against children. That's not innocent, man. That's not a myth. That's 52 people that were brave enough to finally come forward and say, look, we were abused. And you're going to come out there and say, well, there's just no evidence of it at all. I don't, I don't see anything. It's the same thing as you fucking climate change deniers out there. God damn it. How do you defend a mass pedophile like this guy? Get the fuck out of here. Terzinski! Yes, sir. There are two enemy over by the wall. Do you see them? Got him. Okay, Wally. You're my best man. Now, here's the plan. You go over there and fuck them. We'll stay here and masturbate. Yes, sir. Go! Now, there goes a man. Peter LaBarbera, uh, he does stuff a lot of the times, and he he got his big name from Dave Daubenmeyer. Uh, he wants to talk to us about the the fight for the LGBTQ equality is satanic Ooh. and he he just jumps right off the bat here here we go come out of the closet this is one people don't think about but think about it. come out of the closet out of the dark closet eyes and self-hatred into the light of truth right yeah that's exactly what coming out of the closet means it means that you're no longer shuttering yourself away you're allow you're allowing yourself to be who you really are but let's not let's not dwell on that shall we you come out. Well, what is it really? You're coming into, into darkness. What? You're embracing spiritual darkness as a personal identity, oh. as who you are. And then you're selling it to everybody you know. You're you mean like you self-righteous Christians out there? <laughs> Absolutely nothing like that, though, is it? Doing Satan's work in the name of light. So we don't think about these things anymore because we've been... They've been pounded into us. Phrasing, Peter. Phrasing. You might want to use a different word, you know. If you say shove down our throats and pounding and stuff like that, you're likely to turn somebody on. I'm not saying me, but yeah. This powerful sin movement. Marriage equality. It's not equal. It's not marriage. It's not marriage and it's not equal. It's really radical egalitarianism, pretending things that are equal that aren't equal. 
This dude is just worried the dicks taste delicious. I'm stealing that from Joe Rogan, but still, come on, man. Which is cultural Marxism, sort, right? Radical egalitarianism. And egalitarianism is at the root of a lot of evil. If you look back, communism. Gish, gallop. That's exactly what you're doing right here, sir. Pol Pot. Now we've got to make everybody equal. Get Completely the people who wear glasses. Pol Pot. People know that story in Cambodia? It was against the intellectuals. I don't, I don't think your Marxist, audience knows that one. Marxist Leninist revolutionary. He had the people wear glasses. He marched them out to the fields and they slaughtered them. That was done in the name of equality. Can't have some people who are intellectuals, bourgeoisie, and the. <gasps> That's like a $5,000 word to you guys, man. How much did you pay for that word? I mean, seriously. The killing fields with. And that was, that was the Khmer Rouge, wasn't it? I think, yeah, so Pol Pot. That oh my god! It was supposed to be the killing of intellectuals, and it worked well for that country because they stayed in power for a while. It's going to work really good in America when we finally go Brondo. It has electrolytes, and honestly, that's where we're headed. Everybody's got to be equal. So that word "equal" has been probably responsible for more murders in the world than anything else. And yet we're rallying around marriage equality. And you notice now that the, the, the left and, and sort of the elites in our culture, they don't even say marriage equality anymore. It's a code word now. They just say equality. Because it's more than just marriage equality. It, we're not just, once we got, you know, people that are allowed to marry whoever they want to marry, once that's out of the way, now we're working on the other issues, like regular equality. How about the trans people out there being considered human beings? How about them being able to live the life they want to live? Without assholes like you saying, you can't use this bathroom. You don't have the right genitalia to be in here. It's like, look, man, someone taking a dump. Nobody, no one really cares. I mean, okay, wait, somebody would care. I always got to go to the gross because there's somebody that's a coprophiliac and they would always care about it. But I just, I hate how these people are like, oh, it's just like this. And it's just like B and it's like C and it's like D and I tie it to E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V. And then we're going to start going into Hiragana and Katakana. You can't relate everything. Things stand on their own, Peter. Not everything is going to be a, oh, well, Marxism, culturalism, multiculturalism. You know, everybody wants to be everybody's neighbor and love and blah, 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 blah. No. Pick one thing and go with it. Then when you're done with that, go to the next item and go with that one. Quit trying to tie everything together because it makes you sound like a complete fucking idiot. But I guess who's the idiot here? He's the one getting paid to stand in front of a crowd of people while I'm just sitting here in my basement. Hooray. That brings an end to the feature segment. Uh, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on Friday's patron show. Even though it's about six months old, it's still worth watching. Uh, those people who, are, who count themselves as one of our patrons are lucky as they've already heard the episode. While the rest of you guys are going to have to come back in sometime in like September, I believe. However, if you too wish to support the work we do each week, please make sure you go to patreon.com slash utahoutcast and donate at a level you feel comfy with. Uh, many, many thanks go out to our sustaining patrons, Dan Ellis, Luis Cruz, Jeff Linville, Mike Bowman, Danny Lopez, Darcy Bowman, and with all the help and love that they shared with us, and a little bit extra goes to Marissa McCool. Thanks, everybody. Uh, remember, we don't only credit the people that send the show some of their income. We give shout-outs to anyone who gives us a review on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. It really does help out a ton because it gets a lot more people to listen to us. And we'll make sure to give you guys your due praise. Uh, and a final thanks go out to me for being the solo panelist tonight. 
But we'll catch you on Friday with our older patron show, and again on Monday with a brand new spanking episode full of current events. Until then, everyone, you're welcome.
will be in a constant state of defending your atheism whenever an atheist does anything that the rest of society or government thinks is wrong. Same goes for you, Mr. Christian. Same fucking thing goes for you. I brought up the GOP guy that was fucking kids. I could bring up other pastors that were fucking kids. You have the Catholic Church where they were fucking kids. I think that Christianity leads to kid fucking. So go ahead and answer that, Mr. Christian. Go ahead and tell me. So why are you a kid fucker, dude? 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.